This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship. With thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. This podcast is part of the 76ers Podcast Network. Search 76ers Podcast wherever you get your pods. Since we last spoke, it was arguably the biggest development to emerge from the 76ers bubble. Shake Milton is getting a shot to run with the ones. It's been pretty well. When I'm playing with guys who are talented, it makes my job a lot easier. After showing plenty of poise and promise right before the break, the 23-year-old will try to pick up right where he left off. And just as important, what does this all mean for Ben Simmons? How has he responded to that like a star? I think he's been great accepting that and really killing it in practice. I'm Lauren Rosen. I'm Devon Givens. And I'm Brian Seltzer, and this is the broadcast from the 76ers Podcast Network. Another edition of the broadcast, another step closer to actual, real basketball. And yes, I am absolutely considering Friday afternoon scrimmage basketball inside the Orlando Disney World bubble as actual basketball. It counts, gosh darn it. Am I wrong? You are not wrong, Phelps. I think every video clip that we see of players playing five on five gets us a little closer to that moment where they're going to play another team five on five. I think scrimmage absolutely counts as real basketball, and it's a heck of a lot more than we've had in the last four months, so I am stoked about it. Do you give me your excitement level? Is this normal preseason basketball excitement level, or does this feel like something bigger, something grander? This certainly does seem bigger because of the nature of how we've gotten here, because of the layoff that we've had, seeing them last on March 11th, seeing the NBA last on March 11th. So this certainly does seem a little bit bigger. I think I'm also trying to temper my expectations until we actually see the dribbling count on the floor, uh, knowing that we actually have basketball back. But the excitement level is through the roof temper a bit i'm the kind of guy who under normal circumstances i always look forward to that first spring training game that first preseason game that first exhibition game of any kind just because i haven't seen a team in such a long time i want to get a taste a tease well just multiply that by like four and a half months (laughs) worth of time and that's where i'm at with the 76ers getting things going on friday there is so much to look forward to In this first weekend of action, and as the Sixers work their way towards the seeding games, which start on August the 1st, 
But I got to tell you, I was out of town the past week, tried to detach, unplug, went up to the mountains, got in front of some water. And even up there, where the cell phone reception might not be as great or the Wi-Fi connection as strong, it was impossible to avoid hearing about one of the developments taking place inside the bubble for the 76ers. And it involved, of course, the pride of Owasso, Oklahoma. And as we do our deep dive to begin this episode of the podcast, we got to start with the fact that at this point in time, Brett Brown has given what sounds like primary on-ball responsibilities to Shake Milton. Yes, I love it because this is something that I thought was, should, should have taken place once Ben Simmons finally returned, whenever he did, before the league shut down. Uh, the thing that I wanted to see really was how Shake Milton and Ben Simmons would operate together on the floor. Now, while I did not necessarily think that it would come in this particular role where Brett Brown uses the word as primary four, primarily at the four for Ben Simmons and Shake Milton running with the ones here, I, I, I'm intrigued by this whole setup that Brett Brown and his coaching staff has decided to go along with. To run everyone back through the timeline, this started to come to the surface, this development. On July 13th, Brett Brown met with the media, and he gave them a little bit of a nugget. The last few days, I played Ben, you know, exclusively as as a foreman. Then after Brett spoke, Joel Embiid kind of pulled back the curtain that much more. He's been the starting point guard, and I think he has a huge opportunity to help us. Lauren, you've been sitting in on all the media availabilities so far. What was your impression when you heard some of these drips and drabs and Easter eggs being hidden and planted throughout July 13th's media availabilities? Well, I think that when the hiatus began, Shake had been playing so well. He sort of burst onto the radar, and obviously with Ben out, he was having some more opportunities in that primary ball handling position. But I'm excited to hear that he's going to continue to have those opportunities now that Ben and Joel and everyone is back and healthy. It's cool to see that they're going to take the work that Shake put in and the success that he had and continue to reward that. I'm excited about the idea of them all playing healthy together. I'm excited about the new partnerships that are going to emerge here between Shake and Ben, Shake and Joel. Joel and Ben, I think all around there are a lot of exciting opportunities, especially on the offensive end, putting Shake into the position that he's in. And I'm excited to see his teammates embracing him and trusting him to do that. I guess when we look back over the last year and a half with the 76ers, maybe we shouldn't have been all that surprised that this is something that ultimately came to fruition. Because if you go back to last spring and the playoffs, the Sixers started working Jimmy Butler on the ball more, having Ben Simmons play off it more. And perhaps at that point in time, you might have looked at it as a byproduct of how teams were defending the Sixers and Simmons. Whereas now it looks like this is something the Sixers feel like could work to their advantage and they want more of a say and want to be able to dictate it. Yes, I, I guess my only thing with this one, Celts, is just who that person is who's taking over, not named Jimmy Butler. I would have never guessed that would have been Shake Milton, with all due respect, the player that I've liked coming out of SMU. But looking at the path that he has gone through with the injuries in the G League with the Blue Coats, uh, going from Delaware to Philadelphia quite a bit during his rookie season, being rewarded with the two-year with the contract over the offseason, uh, we were talking more backup minutes for Shake Milton than starter minutes 
alongside Ben Simmons, Josh Richardson, Tobias Harrison, Joel Embiid. And as we get ready for a playoff scenario, I, I didn't think that this would be the conversation that we would be having. So while we were already giving a, a, a taste of what this could look like with Jimmy Butler, I, I, I just I'm, I'm surprised that it has come to this with Shake Milton, but pleasantly surprised because I like the player. I like the situation that the, the starting five is now in and what it does for the overall team once they do step on the floor. Lasting impressions aren't everything. They do, however, count for something. We're all aware of how well Shake played in relief of Ben Simmons and even at times Josh Richardson before the suspension of the NBA season. When last we left it with Shake, he was averaging right under 10 points per game, shooting almost 50% from the field and over 45% from three. He's a guy that has just seemed like he has been ready for opportunity after opportunity that has come his way when it's presented itself. Just not getting too high or too low, just kind of staying level-headed and just kind of thinking next play mentality, no matter if I make a shot or if I turn the ball over or anything like that. Just playing confident, being confident in myself and um, confident in my abilities and playing with no fear. Saltz, I've just been so impressed with the way that Shake looks at all these opportunities. We've talked about it a lot, but his ability to stay calm, cool, and collected, come what may, is so impressive to me just on a personal level. I, I don't have that level of consistency under pressure, and it's really cool to see someone who's so young really keep a cool head, embrace challenges, embrace opportunities the way that he has. Um, and I'm excited to see the fact that his teammates, again, have all expressed how much they trust him even after only playing with him for a short amount of time Alec Burks Glenn Robinson the third only had a few games to share the court with Shake and they've already talked about how wonderful he's been and how much they trust him I think the fact that these older veterans with playoff experience all stars are saying that they really trust Shake someone who just got his first full-time NBA contract and hasn't appeared in the playoffs before, the fact that he's already earned that level of trust from his teammates, I think speaks volumes about who he is off the court and the potential he has in a high-pressure situation on the court. That speaks volumes, as you just laid out, Lauren, because of the fact that we're all talking about proven starters in this league, from Joel Embiid on down to Josh Richardson, proven guys who have done it in the playoffs, who have made all-star teams and who have earned big contracts. And to rely on a young player like Shake Milton, the second round pick in the second season, where he has never really given an opportunity, never really been given an opportunity to play these types of meaningful minutes and these types of meaningful games. And for them to feel like, as you just spoke of, him being so poised and under control on the floor, playing in Los Angeles on national television and hanging 39, on the Los Angeles Clippers with the likes of Kawhi Leonard, Patrick Beverly, and Paul George all take a turn, and he's still doing his thing. I totally agree with you that it, it, it does say something when these players feel so comfortable with that young player and Shake Milton handling the rock to start, game, start the games off. It's been amazing just running the team and uh, we're going to need him to knock out open shots, uh, which he did uh, before the, the league basically got shut down. Uh, he was on the ball, so we're going to need him to keep it going. Now, I do think it's worth noting that this is not a change that is 
set in stone, or at right. least that's how it stands. Because when Brett Brown has been talking about his decision to put Shake Milton primarily on the ball and play Ben Simmons at four a little bit more, it's been couched with, well, listen, we only have a set number of practices before the scrimmages start. We have three scrimmages. Then we have these eight seeding games, and then we get ready for the postseason in the middle of August. To me, it sounds like this is something that the Sixers definitely – obviously, want to try and give some leash to to see where it pans out. But they're also not closing the door on anything that has been in the past or something else new that could be in the future. Ben Simmons has had a lot of success at the point guard position for the 76ers. They're back-to-back 50-win teams in 17-18 and 18-19, of course, uh, with this basketball team. So there's no way that the ball won't end up in his hands quite a bit and also running the show for this team. So I do expect to still see that. They've had success with it before. There's no reason why we wouldn't see it again in the postseason. As for why the 76ers think this move is so important, in listening to Brett Brown over the last week, the one X and O concept that it seems like he continues to go back to and revisit and emphasize is call what you want, screen and roll, pick and roll, having shake be able to free up Ben Simmons to play more of a screening role and then giving the 76ers more options off that. We haven't had a ton of guards over my time. The defenders are forced to go over. You know, when you have a guard and you have a point guard, the the defense is told and the player is scouted, we prefer you chasing over pick and rolls more than shooting gaps and going under because, you know, Shea can punish that with his skill shooting. Then the world makes, you know, even more sense. It opens up Ben even more so on those honey spot half rolls, especially that sort of gather step area ends up being so much more available and open if a defender chases. From Brett Brown to Joel Embiid to other starters to guys on the bench, it seems like this is a move that is energizing and exciting everyone. Yeah, absolutely, Seltz. Uh, Like we were talking about before, The fact that Ben and Joel have both sort of given their blessing to Shake um, is really exciting because we're going to see Ben and Joel obviously have their own relationship that's going to look a little different now uh, with Ben playing more. Brett Brown called it a big, big relationship. Uh, And then each of them are going to have independent relationships with Shake as a ball handler. And I'm excited to see the way uh, that that will change the look of the offense because obviously it will quite a bit with Shake being more of a traditional ball handler type and a really good shooter, like you said, Seltz. So I think it opens up a lot of opportunities. And I know I've said it already, but I like the way that everyone seems to be embracing this change. He plays really well. He can shoot the ball. He has a high IQ, gets the rim, finish. He's just somebody you can play with and you can you can say something to him uh, and they'll, they'll put it into play. Uh, and that's what you need in, in somebody like Shake or, or, or players like that. He's developing still and he, he's come a long way since you know the first day I seen him play. Uh, he's only getting better. And the relationship that you talk about with the bigs having their relationship and then both of them having a relationship with Shake Milton, if they have success as that role man diving to the basket and doing the things that they need to do, finishing in the paint, just imagine that Celts laid it out for us, Lauren, 45% from behind three. While that may not maintain throughout the season, he is already a threat from behind a three-point line because he has shown that he can make that shot and make that shot in big spots against big defenders, not just big defenders in size, but big defenders in terms of name and stature in this league with what comes along with the all-NBA defensive squad. So I totally agree 
with the relationship that he can have with his bigs and how that will also benefit the team with his outside shooting. And then while we're talking about the starting five, we haven't mentioned Tobias Harris or Josh Richardson, who obviously are huge threats themselves. So the fact that there's almost no weak spot in the entire offense is, is really exciting because you know the bigs are going to bring it. You know that Shake, based on what he's done, can bring it. And then Tobias and Josh are so versatile. Josh on both ends of the court, and we've talked about Tobias's defensive improvements all season. So to look at this this starting unit on both ends of the floor and have them be so formidable, I think is really exciting. And the person who sounds like he could be most pumped of all is Ben himself. You got to try different things out, see if they work, because we're not at a stage where we can be comfortable yet. You know, I'm still trying to figure it out myself to where, you know, what feels comfortable, what's right for this team, you know, how we're going to win. And if it's this way, then I'm, I'm all for it. Ben has had nothing but really encouraging things to say about what this move off the ball on most occasions might do. I think there's definitely going to be spots and situations where you see Simmons bring the ball up. Why wouldn't you have him tear down the floor off a miss or something like that and put pressure on the defense immediately? But he seems like he's totally on board, and that could be as much of a key to this whole thing working out as it is to the skill set of a player. I think you're right, Seltz. That's something that has come up a lot. This isn't a uh, binary change. Ben Simmons is still going to be handling the ball. Shake Milton is still going to be sharing the ball. There's going to be a lot of collaboration between both of them, and, and they both have their own individual skill sets. Like you said, Ben on the break, there's almost no one as good as Ben in terms of getting out in transition. His speed is unparalleled. So we're still going to see plenty of that. It's not like Ben is no longer going to be on the ball. It's just an opportunity for him to showcase his versatility both places, and I think it's really exciting. It's absolutely exciting to see that. It shows the growth and maturity as a player, too. Looking at where we are right now in this situation with the restart, this is about the eight seeding games and certainly the playoffs. Egos are put aside right now. We hope for uh, the 76ers where they're just looking to go out there and win. Not that it never was the case, because we know they, they, they take it on the chest when they lose, and they don't like it uh, like we've seen during the season. But in this particular scenario, when it's called upon for a different role but still have success in your new role, that, again, just shows team first for this basketball team. And we hope it extends throughout the, the duration of the playoffs. This is something that I, I think at times – Somehow, and I, I just feel like we focus on other things with Ben Simmons, but I feel like this sometimes gets lost in the conversation about Ben. He is a playmaker, probably first and foremost, and he spoke about that. At the end of the day, if you know me, you know, if you put me on the floor, I'll make anything happen. I don't really look at it as like a title or position. That's mainly for you guys without the articles. I think that he's a playmaker on the offensive end. We've certainly seen it on the defensive end. And the way he chalks it up is, listen, you put me out there, I'm confident enough in my basketball IQ that I'm going to find a way to make positive plays that affect the basketball team. So now we're just going to see the next phase in that evolution, even if it's only for a couple scrimmages and or seeding games. Who knows how long it's going to last, but it is a, a really important story for the Sixers as they go into trying something new. And before we close the book on discussing this, I think we've hit upon the two primary angles of this whole situation. It's shake getting an opportunity in the starting lineup, and then what does it do for Ben Simmons freeing him up a little bit more. But then also the idea of how this can affect the 76ers bench because right now as it stands, the starting lineup is going to be uh, 
Shake, Richardson, Tobias, Ben, and Joe. Well, that leaves such an experienced and I think heady player in Al Horford coming off the bench, which could then give the 76ers a different look with that second unit, which we saw work at various times, especially in the month, three weeks or so before the regular season was put on pause. The epitome of leadership, the epitome of putting your ego aside and understanding what's at stake here and trying to win for this basketball team. Uh, we're talking about a multiple-time All-Star and someone who has made deep runs in the postseason in the past. He knows what it takes. So you feel comfortable knowing that he's going to be the guy who is backing up Joel Embiid. You don't lose anything in terms of running the floor and transitioning and having someone like Al Horford, someone who can play that pick and pop. So when we talked about the relationship that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid will have with Shake Milton, We've also seen that relationship with Ben Simmons and Al Horford as well. And when Shake Milton does come in and, uh, you know, give Ben Simmons a breather and he is once again running the point guard position, hey, again, that pick and pop, that pick and roll for Al Horford defensively overall, we're talking about someone who knows how to play the game of basketball. And right now, this is where they need him. And that's somewhere that they, I think we'll see some success with the big man. And just because Al Horford might not be with the first group to start a game, I'm not sold on that meaning that he's not going to be out there in certain situations to end games for sure because we know the value of having someone who is a very smart, intuitive player out there, especially in crunch time situations, especially in the postseason. And the versatility he brings to the defense is something that is immensely valuable, I think at least. I agree with you, Selton. I think there's an argument to be made that the Sixers' Achilles heel in the playoffs last season was what do they do when Joel Embiid is off the floor? They didn't have the best answer to those situations, and they were still able to take the Raptors, who would ultimately become the champions, to a Game 7 that came down to the last second. I know it might be still sensitive to talk about, but that's what happened. Uh, And to now have a great option when Joel is off the floor, I think – can't be understated and and for that option to be Al Horford a bona fide all-star we know he's a stud in the playoffs I think that's something that the team will rely on and that fans can have more confidence in uh, seeing someone with that resume be the backup is quite the luxury to have and someone that the head coach trusts right you just laid all that stuff out Lauren and when it all really comes down to it the head coach trusts head coach trusts that player to go in and spell Joel Embiid for whatever amount of minutes there are, and to your point, Celts, as well, to close out a game. Our deep dive on Shake Milton, the shot he's getting, and how it affects the 76ers. Really pumped to see the initial phases of that when the 76ers hit the floor at Disney World for the start of their three-scrimmage schedule this Friday against the Memphis Grizzlies. In about 20 seconds... Devon, Lauren, and I will recap some other headlines that made news with the 76ers over the last couple days. But first, got to tell you about NovaCare. In this time of social distancing, NovaCare Rehabilitation is offering physical therapy from the comfort and safety of your home through their new tele-rehab program. NovaCare will virtually bring their services to you so you heal, build strength, and get back to the things you love. Tele-Rehab lets you easily connect with one of NovaCare's licensed therapists through web-based technology that's HIPAA compliant. For more information, visit NovaCare.com. I feel like just about every 76ers fan had to hear the talk about Shake Milton and Ben Simmons and all that stuff last week. But there were some other important, tasty nuggets 
that we feel here on the broadcast are worthy of highlighting as well. And we will do that right now in our Did You Hear That? segment. Devon, let us begin this week with you, my man. Yes, I actually got this one from Lauren Rosen's Twitter account. How about that? Huh? Pretty good. Great there attribution. Sighted the source. Right. That's yeah. right. Kyle O'Quinn, the veteran big man. A quote that really stood out to me in a situation like this inside the bubble. Here's the quote. Whether it's eating together or going golfing, I always open it up for those guys to ask all the questions they need. When those guys meet me, I've got to answer the call. It's definitely, you know, a role that has to be had, you know, just to keep guys together, engaged, you know, have that family aspect, you know, just the, the duty is bigger than the title. So I think that, you know, when those guys need me, I got to answer the call. In a situation like this, while he has not been here, because this has been a unique one, he has been to the postseason. He understands what this is all about. So when someone like Furkan Korkmaz, Shake Milton, Matisse Thibault, young players step into this new world, which will be called the playoffs, it doesn't hurt to lean on the veterans that you have within your locker room. And while there are many, one who seems like he really takes, you know, the young guys and, and leads them the right way, even in his reserve role, knowing what he would be doing once he signed with this team in the offseason. I really, I really like to see and hear that quote from Kyle O'Quinn during the week. I would try every possible way to support a fellow twin dad. With Kyle O'Quinn, it's easy. On point with that remark, totally agree with you. I think he has been an absolute great presence inside the 76ers locker room and now inside the bubble. Lauren, what else did you hear this past week? I mean, I think we can't let this week's podcast go without drawing a little attention to our rookie, Matisse Thibel, who started his now nationally recognized Welcome to the Bubble vlog series. And for anyone that hasn't seen it, go watch it. For anyone who has seen it, it's very clear that he's so talented off the court. We already knew he was a big photographer, but it's awesome to see him flex his video skills and his editing skills. Um, he is editing all of them himself. He's been very clear about that. He wants everyone to know that this is something that he is able to take full ownership over, which is really impressive. I mean, a lot of people get paid a lot of money to make stuff like that. And he's getting paid a lot of money to do something entirely different where he's also excelling. Um, and Coach Brown was very complimentary of Matisse on the court this week. So were his teammates. It seems like he's been pretty dominant defensively the way we would expect him to be. Um, and it's just cool to see him have this creative outlet off the court that's really going to create some special memories. Uh, the thing that he said about it that I liked most was that he felt like it would be a fun way to look back on this experience and have really cool memories. I've wanted to do things like this before, whether it was when I was in college or while I was going through the, the draft process, but never really had the confidence to do it or it just never really felt right. And for me coming into this situation, knowing how many eyes are going to be on it and finally feeling like enough pressure to kind of go through and get over like my discomforts of whether it's being in front of the camera or just like putting myself out there like that. I feel like this was a good opportunity to just see what happened. Just go for it. He's talked a little bit about the fact that he does get nervous in front of the camera. He doesn't love having to speak on camera, which I can completely empathize with, but he does a great job and it's cool to see him putting himself out of his comfort zone and embracing it and making something really cool that the LA Times, the New York Times, national news outlets have honed in on and, and appreciated him for doing it. So I think it's awesome and I look forward to future episodes. Listen, a lot of people can say that, hey, I just want to do this to have some fun, make some memories, and then go take a photo on their iPhone. 
Not everyone can pull off a professional-level production by themselves. It's ridiculous. He is such a next-level thinker. I mean, you can see now how it really translates on the court. I think some guys, to be a professional, elite professional basketball player, you have to think at a next level. But I think just the depth of his vision when he's taking still photos, producing these videos, it's incredible. <laughs> I'm so impressed. It is, it is awesome stuff. It's a great watch. It really is. And he's not using like low level software. He's using Premiere, he's editing on a high level. I had to go to grad school to learn to do that. And here's someone who is not doing this professionally. He's doing something else professionally at a high level, able to do something that I had to really, really study to learn to do. So props to Matisse uh, for making this happen. It is tremendous. Welcome to the vlog. Welcome to the international media powerhouse that is content king Matisse Thibel. As for me, what I heard this past week, it's also something that Kyle O'Quinn talked about, but I'm going to use a bite from Brett Brown speaking about Joel Embiid and the vibes that Joe has been giving off inside the bubble so far. He and I talked a lot about that. He was the one that brought it to me. Joel, we all understand, you know, he comes in and you know, he brings it, he practices, it has a game, and then he goes home. And there are a lot of players that are like that. I'm kind of like that. And so this environment here, I just think is, is surreal in the fact that you got no choice. Here you are, you're, you're with each other, and I, I love it. And I think our guys have most importantly appreciated each other's company. I really don't feel like this is an insignificant story, and it shouldn't be interpreted as Joel being a standoffish, aloof kind of guy, not someone who's there to support his teammates and that sort of thing. But he does kind of, and has in the past, operated inside his his own world. I think that's been well documented, and he's even admitted it himself as recently as the past couple days. But I, I thought it was so encouraging to hear that he has been proactive in sitting down with Brett Brown, taking more of an initiative to be part of team functions, that sort of thing. Because I, I think, listen, it's uh, it's something that's important for all players to do, but when it's one of your franchise pillars, it becomes that much more important. I agree. I loved hearing it. It, it was something that was refreshing to hear. Uh, not knowing as in-depth about him not really being around the teammates as much. I, I know that he does things with them from time to time. It, it's good to hear that. And hopefully with what they've gone into this bubble to do, this helps in, in a big way with those guys together and their chemistry on the floor as well. I do think that this bubble environment has created some unique silver linings maybe when it comes to team chemistry. A guy like Joel, who obviously is the ultimate person to play with, but to take that initiative and want to grow as a teammate off the court and want to grow alongside his teammates. And then moving past Joel and just looking at the team as a whole, how often do they have the chance to golf together, to fish together, to do all these activities? And obviously I'm sure they would love to be with their inner circles and their loved ones, but it is cool to see them embracing each other off the court. I think that could go a long way uh, as this playoff run begins. They all they got, hopefully they all they need as they work their way through getting ready for the season inside the bubble. All right, did you hear this? That's what we heard this past week. And as we begin to finish things up by going around the rest of the league, I just love checking in on what's happening with the other 21 teams inside the bubble, whether it's a number one seed or a 
bottom contending team to get into that eighth spot, whether it's in the east or the west. I just love tracking it because it's totally different. It's something we haven't seen before. So, Lauren, what stood out to you from around the rest of the league? The biggest thing for me this week has to be the league's announcement that zero players tested positive for COVID-19 inside the bubble this week. That is a huge accomplishment, and it shows that the resources they've put towards this bubble, towards this atmosphere, are the correct resources, and they are effective resources. So I think that's a huge relief to players, family members of players, fans, people everywhere that were wondering if this was going to work. It's a huge sign. It's, It's a great thing. I'm really thrilled for the league. And then the second thing that I would want to call attention to around the league this week is the way that players, coaches, teams paid tribute to the late John Lewis, who passed away earlier this week. LeBron James had a really uh, special, powerful moment in his media availability where he talked about how important Lewis is to him and the causes that he fought for um, are the causes that LeBron has vocally been fighting for lately. Um, We saw Brett Brown also give a moment at the beginning of practice to talk about John Lewis with his team. Tobias Harris talked about it on Twitter. A lot of players were posting about what Lewis meant to them. And um, it was important, I think, for them to have that opportunity to pay tribute to someone who's so important, even though they're in this bubble environment um, and focused primarily on basketball. They've talked about how important social initiatives are. And this is someone who's been a social hero for a really long time. So I think it was special to see so many people call attention to him. Well put by you, Lauren. And I thought it was great seeing on Lloyd Pierce's social media, former 76ers assistant coach, now head coach of the Atlanta Hawks, some pictures that he took within the last couple of years with the now late U.S. Representative John Lewis, who uh, passed away in Atlanta. That's obviously uh, where Lloyd Pierce currently coaches these days with the Hawks. So good stuff, Lauren. Appreciate that. D, what about you? Well, first, I would also like to second that it was great to see everything, everyone paying their tributes to the late, great John Lewis with all that he has meant to so many people uh, within this country. It was great to see that. Sad to hear, of course, about the passing. Great that people stood up and, and remembered him the way that he should have been remembered. I will look at something in the league, and I will go with a report on July 13th that will be from Sham Serenia, where there was to his tweet, there's growing belief Pacers star Victor Oladipo will attempt to play in the NBA's restarted season after multiple strong team practices in Orlando. Sources inside the bubble tell Shams. So when we last spoke, we were looking at this as a, a possible only there to practice to be around the team situation for Victor Oladipo along with Indiana. Now there is the belief that Not only has he been practicing, but he might even play in the exhibition games as they get underway starting this week. So encouraging, of course. You never want to see anybody down due to injury. They are tied with the 76ers in terms of their record, sitting in the number five spot in the Eastern Conference. If he is going to be able to play, I'm sure these three exhibition games are big. And he and the team figuring out what's next for him in his recovery overall, and then stepping back out there on the floor. So big development in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Speaking of all-stars making impending returns, the Houston Rockets, the number six seed in the Western Conference, and this is what I had my eyes on, getting Russell Westbrook back. And this kind of dovetails off of what Lauren talked about with there now being no reported positive tests out of the 346 players being tested for COVID 
inside the NBA campus. Now, to me, the next part of that story and the next layer in that story is how do teams go about integrating and working back in players who had been away for a bit. Now, I think in Westbrook's case, obviously, he's extremely talented, and it's not like this has been a month-long or even three-week thing yet where the teams have been quarantined inside the bubble in Orlando. But still, if there are players who are returning to campus, coming to campus for the first time in Orlando, or at some point down the road, if they have to leave and then come back, how they work themselves back into the mix with their respective teams, that's something that uh, I think is going to be really compelling to keep an eye on. And Russell Westbrook, it looks like, is uh, most importantly doing fine after testing positive a few weeks ago and is set to rejoin the Houston Rockets. That takes care of around the league. Before we bid adieu, I think we have to say happy birthday to Ben Simmons, right? Turned 24 on Monday. 24 years old for number 25. It is amazing for how much we talk about Ben Simmons and the expectations that he has. I don't think he'd want it any other way that he is still just freshly minted in terms of being a 24-year-old. And shout out to Alec Burks and Mike Scott and Tobias Harris, who have also had birthdays inside the bubble. I don't know if anyone's tracking this, but it really does feel like we might be leading the bubble in bubble birthdays. Uh, I don't know if that'll translate to anything on the court, but at least the Sixers have things to celebrate. So happy birthday to all those guys. Absolutely. All right. Another week in the books. Another episode of the broadcast that I enjoyed. Hope everyone else listening out there did as well. Lauren Rosen, thank you very much. Thank you, Phil. Devon Gibbons, thank you very much. Always a pleasure, guys. Next week, we'll be talking about some basketball. Two basketball games, in fact. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. See ya. This message comes from Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind, so you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else.